Hello, everyone. Welcome to our take on it. It's your girl, Deborah and Jackie, and we are back at it again. And today we're going to have a fun discussion with a little serious intuition to it because it's all about mother-in-laws. Oh, my goodness. Monster-in-laws, as they would like to call them. That's true. And who would know that the Bible actually gives reference to this in a very yes. fascinating and unique way. Yes. So we're going to highlight the book of Ruth. Ruth, yes. Now, it's short but sweet, but it has a very deep message, you know, uh, about mother-in-laws and also about receiving the blessings that come to you from your actions, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is something that all of us like to, you know, acknowledge is a great possibility. If well, we follow I also know that a lot of... A lot of women will love this segment because I'm pretty sure they've had encounters with their mother-in-laws, whether they were good mother-in-laws or bad mother-in-laws. But we all know how mother-in-laws can be very protective of their baby boy or their baby girl, right? They want to make sure that the person that is coming in their life is not coming in as a vulture. They want to make sure that person have, you know, a right sense of, contribution that they're going to make to the relationships. I mean, I got to say one of the culture that I admire, those culture that actually choose wives and husbands for their children. And I feel like they say those are the marriages that last longer, but then there's so much pain in those marriages that we don't even know about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we have the uh, choice to choose on our own. And a lot of us choose garbage most of the times, right? <laughs> we have, we've seen all the red flags, but we're still going in. And to be honest, like we see a family and the family might be very, how do I say? They're just, they're just not the kind of family you want to see yourself be a part of. Yeah. But then, but then the person you're dating is so humble and they're so sweet and you're wondering, did you actually come from that family? But the minute you get into that family, it changes your whole perspective. It changes your whole spirit. It changes your whole demeanor. You now become like them, you know, and that's transfer of energy. And that is real. And that's what happened in most in-laws, you know, whereas there are some mothers that just don't think any woman or any man is good for their children. And so they give that person a really hard time. And especially like in the African culture, most African parents are concerned with one thing. Give me grandchildren. Can she produce? Mm -hmm. I don't care how many wives you have to get. I need my grandbabies, right? So there are some priorities that in-laws look for from that potential person that they're bringing into the family. And then there's some that's just like, Nobody's good enough. And I think actually when you listen to the family dynamic explained from different people, uh, you also realize that this starts when the marriage is even being planned. Yeah. You know, that there's this polarization going on and, and right away parents take sides, you know, they make it difficult. They argue over costs and over what your gown should look like. And if there are cultural values involved, it can even turn into a bigger mess. Mm -hmm. So it really starts early that people really realize, boy, am I getting into a situation that might be over my head? You know, all of a sudden this person is micromanaging every aspect of my life, telling me, you know, how I'm supposed to treat their son, how I should look, how I should present myself, maybe when I should shut my mouth. You know, all these kind of things seem to be. Uh, judgment calls, you know, that are made very early. So it's really difficult. You know, if you're somebody that has a good mother-in-law that gives you the space you need, 
allows you to live an independent life. She doesn't come to your house and rearrange your cupboards or tell you that you're not feeding her son properly or all these kind of things. Then that's a blessing. You know? Yeah. And I notice also when you go to an in-law's house, you rarely, rarely see the mother's picture on the wall. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry, sweetheart, your, 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 your mother picture is not going up on my wall or, you know, vice versa. No, your dad picture is not going up on my wall, especially if they're not really nice people. Yeah. Right. But just staying in the, in the spiritual realm in the Bible, and we talk about Ruth and we talk about Naomi when Naomi had two sons and she had two daughter-in-laws and she ended up losing her husband and her two sons and her two daughter-in-laws was at her. But then she's like, you know, I'm at an age right now where I can't afford to have kids to bear new sons so you guys can remarry them. So why don't you guys go on your way and find husbands? And one of them did, but Ruth decided, no, Naomi, wherever you go, I want to go. Wherever you live, I want to live. Your God will be my God. And then what happened? She ended up going and working for this man named Boaz. And Boaz felt like, although Ruth was a beautiful, humble woman, he also did not take the opportunity in marrying her right off the bat. Yes, exactly. Right? He wanted to give her off to somebody else who can buy the land so she can have that inheritance. Yeah. And, um, and of course, I love the fact that um, Naomi was very open to Ruth having that peace, that love that she seeks for. Because, you know, uh, um Naomi already experienced what it's like to be married to a man and what it's like to bear children. And Ruth didn't have that. Yes. She didn't have that longevity in having a husband for a long time and having kids out of that marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And Naomi wanted that. But most parents, most modern lives would be like, well, if it's not my son, it ain't nobody else, right? They would rather that woman go far away from them as soon as the son died. Get out of here. Go, go, go. I have no further use for you. Mm -hmm. But... And Naomi would have, and if Ruth, if Naomi was a really bad mother-in-law, I don't think Ruth and the other, uh, is it Rebecca, would want to stick around. They would want to go. But it shows that Naomi had such great qualities about her, despite her challenges, despite the things that she felt like God was in a way punishing her. She kept her faith and she remained a very um, compassionate and loving mother-in-law yeah she did and i agree with you she was very wounded so the fact that she could have such positive hopes for ruth mm -hmm. really showed that she wasn't that bad a lady because you know she would really harp on the fact that look my husband is dead i can't bear any more children so basically and you know in biblical times having a child was very paramount to a woman's mm -hmm. value so she basically said look i can't bear any more children and why do you want to hang around with an old dried up woman mm -hmm. like me? You know, I basically have nothing to contribute to you. Right. But Ruth saw the value in at least protecting her. And by yeah. protecting her, she wound up in the end marrying a very prominent man who um, was actually very wealthy. Yeah. But he took a liking to her for who she was as an individual mm -hmm. because she was such a giver. Her first priority was always to make sure that she and her mother-in-law had enough to eat. You know, uh, she, the two of them literally piggybacked off of each other. Mm -hmm. They depended on each other. They trusted each other. And they built a really true bond of love mm -hmm. and commitment, you know. And I think this is why um, Ruth was successful in the end. Mm -hmm. Because she really sacrificed, you know, to make sure that her mother-in-law just wasn't left out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And she was not willing to just leave her, abandon her. 
when she was a bit disgruntled and saddened by what had happened to her, she said, no, I'm going to sacrifice myself yeah. as a young woman. I'm going to help this woman. And she traveled the road to ultimate success. Mm -hmm. She wound up marrying the richest man in the county. Mm -hmm. uh, and she did have a child for him. And actually, her mother-in-law wound up caring for the baby. Yes. So she was including her in the whole dynamic of yeah. what happened. So it really is a great, refreshing lesson in Sometimes, you know, we travel down difficult roads where there's a lot of compromise. There's shortfalls, there's problems, and we just don't see light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But you don't realize that by coping as well as you are coping, and especially if it involves sacrifice to giving to someone who truly needs you or who is in a position where, you know, their freedom is compromised or their health is compromised or something, and you put your life on hold to help that person, you don't realize that those blessings are coming to you mm -hmm. after that, you know, yeah. that you can just sit there and say, oh, I'm in such a mess. There's no way out. Mm -hmm. You just have to trust God all along. Build that faith and say, I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You know, Ruth knew that that was where she was meant to be at that time. Yeah. And when you know that, um, you can live in that moment and do your very best. And then there's always some further blessing that comes down the line. Yeah. And also when you actually were talking about trusting God, when you also have that inability within yourself to want to sacrifice without any expectations, the reward is endless, you know, because with, with Ruth, she didn't have any particular ulterior motive for sticking around Naomi. It was genuine because, because Naomi made her feel like a daughter and not just somebody who just came into the family, you know, or somebody who just invaded her privacy or her space. She made her felt welcome while her son was alive. And even after her son died, she still had Naomi, um, Ruth as like, it's, you're my daughter, you know, and, and Ruth felt that Naomi was more like a mother to her, not just an in-law, but a mother, you know, and, and I think that like, in, if we fast forward to today's society, there's not a lot of women out there or mothers out there that make their daughter-in-law or their son-in-law feel like, you know what, I, the, on the wedding, they would say, well, I now gain a son or a daughter, but then after the ceremony, they don't, they're not treated that way. You know, and, and it's a shame because I'm not saying that people don't change. There are some people that is just wicked and evil and you could be welcoming an evil step, um, daughter-in-law or a son-in-law who beats just your daughter 24 seven, who, who, who makes, you know, fun of her, or you could be harboring a serial killer for all I know. Right. But we don't know. But the thing is we want to give people the benefit of the doubt for them to allow, you know, the shedding, I always say, allow people to shed their scales and you'll see who they are like a snake. You know what I mean? And so you have to allow people that opportunity. And so I think there's so much room for improvement in our society in terms of the family dynamics for mother-in-laws to really give their daughter-in-law that platform or that opportunity to grow into the family and not start hating before you have an opportunity to know that person. Because yeah. I've seen so many of it. And sometimes I, I wonder like, is the mother jealous that this young person is taking over a life that she thinks she's going to have her son for the rest of her life living with her? You know what I mean? And that's not the case. Like your son was born to have his own life and you have to allow him that. And that's you know? an excellent point because you know the phrase fathers and daughters, yeah. mothers and sons. Yeah. I think that's very true because I do know a lot of men who can live successfully 
single or maybe divorced with a, with their family or, yeah. and, and the mother will still adore them. Yeah. But you put a woman in with her mother at over 40, <laughs> it is war and yeah. it is literally war. But the son and the mother connection is a very strong one that they can break a lot of boundaries. So you might be right. Sometimes when there is a new woman in the family, that can be a source of envy yeah. or confrontation. But there's so many emotions that come up. Yeah. You can't pinpoint one versus the other. Yeah. But you do know that a bad mother-in-law can really make for a bad situation, especially yes. if she's interfering and she is taking the son's side over yeah. the new daughter-in-law. You're, you know, it, there's going to be a fire. Oh, and there the house is, is going to be burning be. down. Yeah. And if every time your mom calls you, you have to come running and, you know, I always say how you treat your mother is how you should treat your wife. But if you're treating your mother bad and you're disrespecting your mother, obviously that's how you're going to treat your wife. Yeah. Right. So it all depends. I look at a guy in the way he talks about his parents and I look at the way he, sh he shows that affection to his parents. And if I see that, then I know, you know, there's some value there. But if I don't see, like if I'm with him and then his mom is calling, he's like, oh my God, I'm not taking that call. My mother's calling. She's so annoying. I don't like that. Yeah. Keep those thoughts to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like the minute you start speaking out about your mother, that's exactly how you're going to be talking about me if I get married to you because you be hanging out with your friends and I'm calling. It's like, oh my God, is that annoying woman that I married to? Why did I punish myself by marrying her? Oh my God. It's like, seriously, this should be legal. I shouldn't have this woman as my wife. You know, you never know what's coming out of their mouth, right? Mm -hmm. So you really have to watch the action of how they treat or even the way they treat their children tells you the kind of person they are because everybody wants to be treated the way they treat themselves, right? Like if I treat myself good, I want you to treat me good. So treat others the way you want to be treated. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. so, um, I think that, like I said, you know, there's room for mother-in-laws to grow. And I just feel like if there is no need for mother-in-laws to invade their daughter-in-law, the son-in-law privacy, then don't, you know, and you shouldn't say, Oh, this is my son house. I can do whatever I want. This is my son. This I can do whatever I want. No, you still need permission. And these are two people who, who are now become one. It's not, your son is not single anymore, so you can have ownership to that. This is a husband and wife situation. You have to respect their house, respect their relationship, and respect the value that they bring. So, Ruth and um, Naomi really had that connection, and I really love that. So, that's why I kind of, like, let's draw light to that, because there's so much... There's brokenness. so much strife and brokenness, yeah. I agree. Yeah, you know, in, in relationships families, yeah. and families that, that really needs to repair. It does. And, the, and that restoration can only come from God, you know. So got to yeah. lean into him. Um, and I, and the, the other thing is if, if couples would just not discuss their issues with their parents, it would be so much better. The son don't need to run to the parents every time the wife does something. Neither does the wife need to run to her parents every time the husband does something. Come together, discuss it, talk to God about it, you know, find solutions and, and, and intervention for yourself because they're not living your life. And then when when the parents give you advice of how to treat your husband or that parents give advice to the husband of how to treat your wife, there's a thing called pillow talk. When we hit the pillow, it's a whole different situation. We're not listening to either parents. We're talking about us at this point. Excellent. So it's yeah. really good to keep that, you know, that communication open just between you and your partner. I mean, you, you can welcome opinions, but you don't have to use the opinions. 
Yeah. So that's yeah. my take on. I think it's great. It's, the family it's, dynamics. So this is really what it, what we're just concluding very quickly is to say, you know, that when you come into a family and you're going to marry into the son or you're going to marry the daughter of that family, always remember that the in-laws are very important. And I yeah. think a mother-in-law is extremely important. And, you know, um, I think you should examine all the circumstances surrounding the family dynamic that you're going to enter into so that you do have a good outcome because I think it impacts greatly on the success of a marriage. It really does. All right. Well, my name is Deborah, And my name is Jackie. And we thank you guys for listening. Yes. Thank you very much.